Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Welcome, folks, to the Absolute Return Podcast. On today's show, we welcome special guest, Footprint CEO, Troy Swope. Footprint is a global material science technology company focused on sustainable solutions. On the show, Troy discusses the innovation and improvement available in packaging solutions, how plant-based packaging solutions compare to plastic, Footprint's business model and estimated total addressable market, insights into their merger with SPAC, Gorse Holdings 8, and more. Point of disclosure, the Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF does hold shares and warrants in the SPAC that Footprint is merging with, Gorse Holdings 8. With that being said, here's our show on material science technology with Footprint CEO, Troy Swope. Welcoming Troy from Footprint on the show today on a scorching hot summer day. Troy, hope you're staying cool. How are things? Uh, great. I, it's hard to stay cool right now in Arizona. I think it's 114 outside. So oh my. It's, uh, I think things are good. I spent a lot of time in the pool tonight, I'm sure. Uh, that's great to hear. So I wanted to start the show off by setting the table. You've been in the packaging industry for over 20 years. So certainly an expert in this field, an emerging field of sustainable packaging. I was wondering why it is such an important area for innovation and improvement. I mean, I just got a piece of online furniture delivered in the mail a week ago and Obviously, I had styrofoam and I looked at it. I'm like, wow, this can't be good for the environment. So what are your thoughts on the industry? Well, I think there's my initial thoughts are there's massive amounts of opportunity. You're you're talking about a a huge industry, right, that has a number of negative environmental issues, right, associated to it. Number one, when you think of plastics and packaging, plastics is just a producer of CO2 emissions, right, is would be its fifth, be the fifth largest country, right? So uh, it has a massive CO2 or climate change impact. Um, and in addition to in, in all life cycle analysis or in every life cycle analysis we do, it doesn't really contemplate killing whales, you know, with, with plastic bags and other things, right? So uh, it, it's got a, it's a disaster from its pollution, carbon pollution. It's a disaster from harvesting natural gas and, and oil, it's a disaster from it's in every one of us. We're all eating plastic every day. We get about a credit card's worth of plastic a week. Um, you know, and it's just it's, it's a disaster for what it's doing to the oceans, right? So, so that to me creates massive opportunity to innovate and develop technologies that are help the planet heal. You could have significant impacts. Footprint is having massive impacts on climate change, obviously pollution, and certainly number one for us. And our origin came from. We identified that plastics were in your bodies while we were working at Intel. We stumbled on the fact that plastic was contaminating Intel's products, and we started experimenting with food, going, hey, what's on these? And so way before Bloomberg came out with their article and Rolling Stone came out with their article, we knew plastics. We were eating plastics, right? So number one is we got to get plastics out of our bodies, right? It's got massive impacts to us, causing us to live uh, less healthy lives, causing endocrine disruption, uh, disruption issues. Right, so I, when you, back to your very simple uh, question is, 
you know, what, how do I see the industry? It's just tons of opportunity to have a massive, very positive impact on the planet and human health. I'm sure no one's happy knowing that they eat a credit card of plastic in a very brief moment of time. Now, speaking on that, you guys at Footprint are doing something about this. You have plant-based solutions that are meant to replace plastic-based uh, packaging and different products and things of that nature. What are some of the pros and cons compared to plastic outside of you know, the broad-based ones that you touched on, specifically from a company's perspective? I assume companies are um, you know, they're moving to more sustainable solutions. Uh, what are you seeing from some of your customers and prospective customers? If that there was a technology available uh, that was even remotely close in performance and cost, they're going to change in scale, right? You need to have massive amounts of billions and billions of trillions of units to, to replace plastic, right? So what I see from every business is that there is performance and even competitive on price. You got to be in the ballpark. You don't have to be, you know, at parity. If you're competitive on price, but performance is the bigger issue. Um, if you have the performance where you protect the food product, all these companies want to change. They want to do the right thing, uh, and 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 we see that. I think back to your previous question. I think you're asking like, you know, what are some of the benefits of plastic? So plastic's a disaster. I'm using that word again. I, I got to come up with a synonym, synonym for that, but <laughs> it's, it, it's a disaster from, you know, it's end of life and harvesting oil and, and, and the human health, but it is really cheap and efficient to produce now. Right. Um, that, because it's got, you know, 50 years of innovation and process technology innovation to where they can produce it quickly, efficiently. It is very, I mean, it is, does a great job of protecting the food product, right? So you can seal out, uh, you could flush nitrogen, you can seal out oxygen, you could, you know, it's great oil barrier, all those things, right? So it, per, food performance protection is great. I, I think that that is the challenge is it's done a good job of preserving food, right, and protecting food. So we have to come up with solutions that compete with it on a performance basis. And so what, what is the, the difference in cost between your solution and, and plastics? The, the reality is we're pretty close to parity, Michael, but we are a superior product, right? So, you know, an example of our product goes into, you know, for frozen food, goes into an oven and or a microwave. The plastic can't do an oven. We're, we have a superior product. We generally like to you know, sell it as a superior product. So we, 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 we sell what the market will bear. The reality is, though, from a, you know, we can be at parity with plastic if we have to be. And now, a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest-growing alternative investment solution providers, with a suite of institutional-caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Now, Troy, you mentioned this massive total addressable market available uh, for Footprints products. For the benefit of our listeners, can you frame that in terms of you know, the, the size that uh, investors are looking at here? It's about $310 billion annually worldwide. So the, and that includes, you have about $150 million in rigid plastics is really our sweet spot today. 
rigid plastics being like your craft macaroni. When you go through a supermarket, most everything there is rigid. It, so there's a real opportunity for us there. And that's another really big, and I, I quite, we haven't framed out that one. Uh, and then replacing you know, where you see fiber, I got your, your Starbucks or your Tim Hortons cups where they have plastic liners in there uh, with a fiber cup. I mean, it's kind of misleading to the consumer. A lot of us don't know that there's plastic in there. That's another TAM to us. I mean, you're talking about a massive, well over $300 billion TAM. We have, again, a real sweet spot in about $150 billion where we have a very sweet spot uh, where we compete in today. Now, in terms of tailwinds for the company, I was wondering, you mentioned that most, if not all, companies want to be more sustainable and, and more environmentally friendly. However, there seems to be a big a government drive to make their economies more sustainable, elimination of single-use plastics, et cetera. How much of the the tailwind behind demand is driven from the bottom-up customer, or how much is it driven from the top-down regulatory, for example? Well, I I think it's it's getting closer to where legislation is equal uh, in driving demand today. But, you know, a few years ago, uh, it was clearly the consumer, and it's still the consumer. The, the, the reality is the ship has sailed on plastic. I think the number is like 75% uh, on the Wonderman Thompson survey said that they feel very guilty whenever they use plastic. Right? It might have been 75 to 80%, right? So, uh, I, And there's another very large number that a lot of people know that plastic has a huge impact on their health, right? Uh, so I, our customers know the ship has sailed. Like People do not want this when you're using it. You feel guilty when you use it. You're concerned when you use it. You don't want to give it to your children. Um, and, and we've been educated in the last five years on the, on the health impacts of plastic. And we can see the, the visual pollution impacts as well. Uh, so that's been the main driver uh, for a very long time. But legislation is certainly changing the conversation with our customers. We're now getting conversations about what are we going to do for the UAE? When are we going to go to India? Right, you know, because India is writing significant single-use plastics legislation. Historically, it's going to be. It was when we started the business. What was we better address Canada because you know the EPR in Canada. We better address the EU. Well, California's probably come on and passed everybody when it comes to legislation, uh, and that's changed the entire supply chain for everybody in North America. Because uh, California is such a massive impact for our, our multinational companies. So that's really driving significant and quick change when it comes to things like protein and others in the state of California. And speaking of those changes, your customer base, real who's who of blue chip, large cap companies, you got McDonald's, Nestle, Procter & Gamble. Can you give us some examples of how they're using footprint solutions out in the field right now? Well, the the entire frozen food section for ConAgra, we're working on it. And we've converted Healthy Choice, Hungry Man are all converted into a uh, plant-based solution uh, for ConAgra. We are working in uh, margarine products for Upfield and ConAgra. Uh, General Mills, is, uh, Annie's, Kraft Mac- or Macaroni and Cheese, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. You name it, we're, work- we're working on it or in launch. Beyond Meat, sausage trays uh, for McDonald's, right? So depending on where they see the most consumer, most consumer pressure or legislative pressure, we generally launch first, right? Makes a lot of sense. So you really, really infiltrated the consumer product space within North America. All sorts of different solutions that you guys have created. Are there any future products that 
are in development or perhaps not yet, uh, but you hope to be in the future that you haven't created yet? Like, uh, what sort of future futuristic uh, plays are they going to be? Yeah, so we're we're working on these things now. So I, I can't say that we haven't uh, we've developed them. So feminine hygiene products are important to us. It, it's got a significant impact on the planet. Uh, we are working on detergent bottles, you know, shampoo bottles, motor oil bottles. Not as much. They could certainly lead to beverage bottles, but uh, we see a, a, a greater opportunity, if you will, in in the detergent, motor oil, shampoo space, uh, if you you know, if you will. Diapers, uh, some of the technology we have, we think we're components of a diaper, uh, but feminine hygiene products is critical. The other one that's really important to us is because when we, we, we developed this technology, the material science around this, Julian, we had to build the entire ecosystem. So we had to build uh, the process technology, the material science, the manufacturing, everything we've, we've had to create uh, pretty much from scratch, uh, which is giving us a great competitive mode. We've got IP on every aspect of the business. But some of the future innovations that we're working on today is when we want to continue to reduce the energy uh, that we use to produce the product. We just want to increase that story. We are already a significant CO2 reduction, and we want to be 100% net zero water. So we don't want to have any water net net water use, right? So um, those the innovations around that, and, re- and the innovations around energy use specifically uh, in our factories will lead to not only allow us to get to 100% renewable energy, but we think there's really another, that's potentially another revenue path for Footprint, is that we could take some of these things which are symbiotic to what we're doing today uh, and actually create, you know, and help the planet in other ways. I did want to touch on the revenue and company's business models. Specifically, you do get these long-term customer contracts. And with that, you do have pretty good insight into future revenue and, and growth. Can you touch on the business model? Yeah, so our, our focus today, again, is to get plastic out of food, right? We want to get plastic out of the body, right? Um, uh, and the way we do that is we go to the biggest retailers and the biggest CPGs in the world. We used to have to, we, we used to walk through a supermarket and would see a product and go, yes, we can work on this, let's call them. Uh, generally, now we have all the relationships and it's just taking the existing pipeline and working with our, our customers on just expanding our capabilities and expanding their product portfolio in our product. So today we, we engage the customer, we align on what the customer, the product needs. So if it's margarine, I got an example here of a, a margarine tub. Uh, if it's margarine, we, we, we need to understand what's the use case. So how is the product applied? Is it hot oil and then it gets cold, solidified, the temperatures? How does all that work? How long is a shelf life? So do we need to control not only uh, oil barrier, do we need an oxygen barrier? Once we align on all that, we create a technology target spec, we, we officially move the product into development. And then after development is completed, so we demonstrate performance on a fairly large sample size. We demonstrate it in, in, in high volume production. Uh, we, we usually run a pilot of some sort with the customer, get some consumer feedback, and then we get revenue under contract. And to your point, we've, we will by the end of this year have sold out 2024. We're currently building 1.7 million square feet in Mexico. It's almost all completed. We're just now moving in the lines today. Uh, we are in completed uh, at least uh, in Poland. Uh, we'll have Poland one uh, completely filled out by the end of next year. So it's uh, and we will. Right now we're trending. We're about two years. The commitments are about two years ahead of when we start the factory. Uh, we want to close that gap to where it's about a year. 
This podcast is brought to you by Accelerate, one of Canada's leading alternative investment solution providers. Do you want to hedge your investment portfolio and protect your nest egg from significant drawdowns? Look no further than the Accelerate Absolute Return Hedge Fund, a long-short equity ETF that trades under the ticker symbol HEDGE, H-D-G-E, on the TSX. HEDGE, your uncorrelated portfolio diversifier. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. And I'm sure that would really factor into the the sort of payback periods that you're seeing on on each manufacturing facility. Can you talk a little bit about the unit economics of the business? The the process technology. If you think about the cost curve of, of the business, uh, the process technology and our innovations around there so fast uh, that we're constantly improving our capital structure and capex needs. Uh, we've reduced it since November. Um, so the payback period is probably somewhere around two and a half to 2.7 years uh, payback period on a factory. Uh, but that's improving. We're continuing to improve that. One of the huge advantages we have over plastic is plastic resin. So everything else is in our innovation window. It, you know, it's, it's energy and labor. All of that can be innovative. You can, we, we are constantly improving our energy use, right? So from our first process technology to Gen 1 to our fourth generation Gen 4 that we have now, We've reduced energy by 40%, right? So we're drastically improving and we're continuing to improve on that. Uh, and then if you look at, you know, in that innovation window as well, labor is all about how do we reduce in, you know, our, our labor and headcount is through, you know, you can automate, uh, you can, you know, cycle times can be improved, you can create, increase more units per platen. All those things are in that innovation window and opportunity for us to continue to reduce our costs. So the long-term economics of the plant-based technology are substantially better than a resin-based technology. And increasing these efficiencies, I assume, only widens your competitive moat that you discussed. Now, with respect to that, what does the competitive landscape look like? Obviously, this is a fairly new industry. Uh, What are your competitors doing, and how does Footprint stand out? Well, I think... What's what's difficult for us sometimes when you look at you, when you guys and I show you this General Mills. Sorry for everybody that can't see this. And you go to your your your, your local store and find General Mills Annie's uh, mac and cheese, and, and you can find Footprints technology. But the, the difference is that this technology here has about twenty six hundred invention disclosures to produce. It's drastically, although the technologies look the same, drastically different performance. So when you talk about the competitive landscape. A lot comes out of China today. There's a lot of you know sourcing agents here in the U.S. that and in Canada that procure out of China, and it's the takeout containers. You might see some stuff in some quick service restaurants, um, but that's where. And there's a ton of opportunity there, uh, Julian. There's a, there's a ton of opportunity. Our sweet spot is really in more innovative, uh, longer barriers, shelf life, oxygen barriers, oil barriers. Um, we have a real competitive moat in transforming the supermarket. And our focus is to transform the supermarket. Now, we certainly work with McDonald's and Starbucks and others uh, where we see those innovative opportunity and differentiated opportunities. But uh, our focus and sweet spot is transforming the supermarket and the other stuff just happens. So in terms of pursuing this goal of transforming the supermarket, do you think that these plastics, single-use plastic bags, packaging, things of that nature, will those ever go away? And if so, how long to replace them with footprint products? I think, yes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to 100% go away. And uh, footprint is certainly one of the leaders in that transformation. But you're going to see a combination of 
uh, reuse. You're going to see a complex aluminum uh, in, in, in a big part of footprint technologies that are going to transform the supermarket. But um, we're going to have to change some of our behaviors in some cases when it, relative to bags and, and some other areas. But the center of the supermarket and your proteins, your dairies and frozen food are footprints going to transform. Uh, and then a combination of footprint and aluminum and glass is going to transform the, transform the beverage section. I did want to touch on the recently announced deal to go public through a SPAC Gores Holdings 8. And this team is one of the most reputable SPAC sponsors out there. So besides their track record, which is you know pretty exceptional over the years, what other reasons did you decide to go public this route? Well, when we chose, it was last year at this time. It, you know, frankly, Julian, that's where the, the, the deals were happening. If you found a right sponsor, I, I think the, the vehicle of a SPAC to, to go public is a good vehicle with the right sponsors. Unfortunately, what happened, I think, to SPACs is uh, you've got a lot of sponsors uh, that weren't really pros at it. Gores is a true pro. That's all they do. Uh, and then they, they know how to do due diligence. They know how to, if a company's ready to, for prime time, if you will, for the public markets. And so we felt with the right sponsor uh, that the deal certainty, the, the proceeds certainty was, was the right path for us. Uh, now, I think the entire market isn't trading on fundamentals today, regardless of SPAC or not. It, it's, you know, so, um, you know, we're, we're probably, you know, everyone's experiencing that. We're not sure if we will or not. We have such a strong E presence that I think in such a very good business and huge demand and a huge competitive lead, we might not be impacted by the same forces that we see the macro forces today. But for us, Gores was a great partner, um, just an absolute great partner that with a ton of experience. And uh, we didn't want our, you know, one of the analogies that we heard was if you're going to have surgery, you don't want it, the doctor's first surgery to be on you. <laughs> Um, so that, that, the Gores was certainly pro. I think they've done 10 and they've had a lot of success, even in a challenging market. Yeah. And they are bringing proceeds in terms of capital for investment to funding the company's growth. In addition, you mentioned significant demand from customers. Now, how does that compare to your manufacturing capacity or growth plans is thus far current and future demand outstripping what you guys can actually make? Well, yeah, we're we're uh, we're about two years, as I mentioned earlier, about two years behind on our, our production capacity, and we like that, right? And we, I think investors like that as well, right? They want to know that there's we don't want to build a factory and be sitting around going, what are we gonna, you know, who are we gonna sell this to, right? So our factories are pre-sold before we even start start building them, right? And that's just kind of that's part of our business model today. And then at that point, you look at it and go, okay, how do I accelerate? And then I can beat a lot of my projections uh, relative relative to revenue. Um, but we are behind. But this transaction gives us a ton of capital uh, to really build the factors. And no doubt that relieves a lot of stress from investors with respect to having that certainty before committing to a massive capital project in terms of the revenue that you can expect from that. Now, with respect to the investment case, anything else that investors should know? Well, I think some of the highlights of the, this business is this is not a, a science project. You know, I think, unfortunately, there's been some SPACs out there that have looked really good on PowerPoint. We have a lot of the great attributes of a packaging company from an investment side, right? Very consistent, uh, very reliable, you know, growth and performance. But we're in a sector that's exploding growth. It's completely transforming. I think 
the last time we saw this transformation in the supermarkets when everything went from aluminum to plastic, right? So you're you're seeing a massive transformation and a massive opportunity uh, for the planet. And I think you know some of the other highlights is, and Julian, I was talking to you about it earlier. Footprint expects if if we aren't, we've already seen some recognition from Fast Company and Newsweek and, and CNBC and some others is uh, on our environmental impacts. We really believe that we're a true environmental impact. When you look at you know the E and ESG. Uh, RE is not debatable. I mean, you could really debate aluminum's impact on the planet and recyclability rates and, you know, uh, harvesting and, you know, mining for aluminum. Uh, but it, you don't, there's no debate on footprints impact on the planet. And with our innovations, our background from Intel and our innovations in how we process the technology, uh, we believe in short order here, we'll be recognized as one of the most, if not the most environmentally impactful company on the planet. And, and the reality, the re- reason we feel so strongly about this, as I mentioned earlier, is all the ways that plastic is so harmful to the planet. Human health impacts, pollution impacts, climate change impacts. Uh, it, it's just, it, I, I could come up with a better term, but it's a disaster. <laughs> it creates a huge opportunity for us. Oh, no doubt. And we see these themes every day. ESG, sustainability, impact investing are becoming more and more top of mind for allocators and investors and no one wants to be ingesting a credit card of plastic every week or or month or so. Uh, So you guys are doing great work. Uh, The SPAC, the ticker symbol is G-I-I-X once the merger closes. The new symbol will be FOOT, F-O-O-T. So Troy, thanks for coming on the show today. Wishing you the best of luck with Footprint and I'll certainly be looking for your solutions in my fridge and my cupboard because, you know, we all want to make this transition to something more sustainable and obviously more healthy, get this plastic out of our bodies. So thanks for doing great work. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.